everyone. If you want to be more involved in the show, please make sure to follow our account on Instagram at therapistsoutofoffice. We will regularly ask questions that we will answer and dive into in our sessions on screen. We want to make this collaborative between us and you. Thank, Thank you for, for being, being here and enjoy the show. show. Welcome to Therapist Out of Office. I'm Lior Gal. I'm Maggie Lancioni, and we're both licensed therapists in private practice. Each episode, we will discuss mental health topics that are both mainstream and taboo from both the lens of a therapist and a human being. We show up with humor, authenticity, and vulnerability as we get into the educational nitty-gritty. So come on in, make yourself cozy, and welcome to your session outside of the office. If you'd like to be a part of our community, ask us questions, be involved, laugh your tuchus off, and enjoy some hand-drawn art, don't hesitate to follow us on our socials, both Instagram and TikTok, at the Therapy Gal for me, Lior, and at Therapy with Maggie LPC for me, Maggie, and our shared Instagram at Therapist Out of Office. Write a review, follow, subscribe, check us out on YouTube if you want to watch, listen to our podcast on most major platforms. We cannot extend our gratitude enough. Thank you all for being here and for being a part of this. We love you. Yo, 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 Maggie, what's Hi, up? Hi, Lior. Welcome to Therapy 101 Part 2. Yeah. So is this session five? I think so. Wow. Oh, my God. We're five sessions in. Ooh. That's a lot. This is further than I ever thought we'd make it. I, I know. <laughs> we're here. We're we're breathing. We're hot. Yeah. Oh, man. We're in these sweaters. Okay, so part one of this, mm-hmm. we talked about how mm-hmm. to know it's time to go to therapy, who therapy yeah. is for, what to expect with the intake, yeah. how to find a therapist, mm-hmm. how to help people understand that therapy is healthy and normal, so normal. Uh, how do you get clients to talk when there's nothing to talk about, mm-hmm. overcoming trust issues. Uh, we talked about what to do when therapy is not working. Yeah. We talked styles, about styles, right? therapy styles, what we take notes on as mm-hmm. therapists. So... A lot of juice in that first one. Yeah. And going to be a lot of juice in the second one. Lots of juice. And I think if you just listen to the other one and you're listening to this one now, um, I think Maggie said something like, yeah, we're going to keep you guys hanging or like hanging on. I forget what you said exactly. And really our first topic is hang Overs. <laughs> and it all works. A play out. on words. Yeah, right. Um, therapy hangovers. Therapy. Yeah, not not the other types of hangovers. No. We do not want to talk about that. Nah. Just <laughs> therapy hangovers. Yes. So what what it even is a therapy hangover? Yeah. So a therapy hangover is when you kind of feel like really sad or mm-hmm. overwhelmed yeah. after a session is over and you don't know what to do with those feelings yeah. um, because for the most part, you have to wait another week until you can see your therapist again. Yeah. Yep. It, it's that like ugh, slumpy feeling and like maybe even racing thoughts or yeah, just like what, what am I supposed to do now with all of this information that I just talked to my therapist about? And some, some people, and something that we didn't actually talk about is the frequency of therapy mm-hmm. of, do I see my therapist weekly, bi-weekly or even monthly? Yeah. So if you're seeing your therapist bi-weekly for whatever reason, even if it's because you decided to, or financial reasons, that's two weeks of not being able to talk about what you just 
processed in your in your session. Yeah. And I think a big thing is to have a plan in place with mm-hmm. your therapist on what to do when you feel this way. Yeah. Like say I leave this office and I feel really upset still or like a wound is freshly opened or I just feel really overwhelmed or sad. What can I do? You can talk about those things yeah. and you can have a plan in place. I think journaling can be really helpful, writing things down, just having like, I don't know, we call it like a coping skills toolbox. It can yeah. be metaphorical or it can be tangible, right? There are things that you can utilize to help you calm down and feel more relaxed. Um, So you can get a plan in place for when you feel this way. You don't have to just contain it or hold it. Exactly, exactly. And and you're allowed to talk to other people in your life about these things. You, of course, whatever happens in therapy stays in therapy. But if you want to share and you want to process this with somebody else and talk about it, that's totally okay. We always, in first sessions, we always talk about who's your support system? Mm -hmm. Who do you talk to outside of this? Because like we said, we're once a week, once every other week, once a month. That's that's all we are. And so because we don't really talk outside of session um, because of a lot of different reasons, which Mm -hmm. we talk about in Boundaries Mm -hmm. episode. but it is, it, yeah, it's important for you to utilize, like Maggie said, that the coping skills, the toolbox. Mm-hmm. Something that I also always say is write it down. Yeah. Right. Even even if it's on the notes section yep. of your phone, you yep. don't need a notebook. Yep. Yep. And that kind of leads into like, how do you talk about hard things? And mm-hmm. I think that's a great one, Lior. Write oh. it down. For a lot of people to talk about hard things in therapy is really hard (laughs) because obviously for a lot of people, they haven't actually disclosed it before um, or spoken about it out loud. And for a lot of people, writing things down can be really helpful. Mm -hmm. And also to remember, there is no timeline to when you have to say things in therapy. Allow them to come to you when you feel it best. Right. When Mm -hmm. you feel like you're confident or comfortable or you feel like it's time or you're ready Um, and you can even disclose to your therapist, there's something I want to talk about. There's something I want to talk about, but it's really hard for me to bring it up. Mm -hmm. Say that and allow your therapist to be the support that they're there to be for you during that time. Yeah, it can be they can say something like, "Okay, I understand that. What do you feel comfortable saying now then? Yeah. What are you feeling? We, we always, <laughs> and I'm sure therapists get such a bad rep for this, but like, and how does that make you feel? <laughs> where do but, you feel that in your body? Yeah, where do you feel that in your body? <laughs> Let's put a pin in that. No, but I, I really think that understanding the emotion, the feeling behind it can be as therapeutic as saying it out loud. It sounds like, I mean, the way I'm saying it now, it's like, oh, it's easy. I feel sad. I feel happy. I feel, you know, no, it's actually so, so difficult. And I I don't know if you talk, I mean, I do some psychoeducation around this in my sessions, but I always talk about primary and secondary emotions. Mm, Yeah, sure. And primary, so (laughs) to explain it to you guys in the, in the easiest way possible, your secondary emotions are actually the emotions that you experience first. So that Mm -hmm. can be something like anger, Mm -hmm. happy, even sad. Um, And the primary emotions are our more vulnerable emotions. Mm -hmm. They are the emotions underneath the iceberg. Like lonely. Lonely, confused, desperate, Mm -hmm. uh, betrayed. Mm, Yeah. Those and and those align with those those primary emotions. My my favorite example, and I'm, I'll go on a tangent here, but my favorite example <laughs> is, do. and again, write to us, guys. We love to hear from you. But if you've ever experienced this, please let us know. But if you're ever driving and somebody cuts you off or somebody honks at you, and you're like, hey. 
Yay! And you, you know, you flip them off, or you like, uh, I mean, if you're from New Jersey or Pennsylvania or New you're York, like, that horn. You're, you're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. full, full horn. Oh, um, yeah. But just don't do it in the cities because you're talking be about their mother, their sister. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a no. yeah, no, literally, but right. That what, what is that emotion? That's anger, mm-hmm. right? But underneath that, what you're really feeling probably is startled, mm-hmm. confused, humiliated, embarrassed. Mm-hmm. All those emotions that are making you react, right? It's like that reaction. Mm-hmm. So or guilty for being late to what you're going yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, and uh, I mean, I drive like a maniac. There's. <laughs> I, I, you live in Philly. It's what happens. Yeah, literally. Yeah, you you kind of have to um, to blend in. But exactly. So talking about hard things when when we want to really go, like I said, underneath that iceberg, we can channel those emotions. Yeah. And especially with your therapist, they're going to be the first person to understand that. Hey, I'm feeling something, and I want. I need to like talk about it. I need to yeah. get it out in some capacity. Yeah. No, for sure. Absolutely. Okay, so the next one. Is it unethical to speak to someone else's therapist? Mm-hmm. It depends. Yeah. Uh, a big thing is is consent. Yeah. So if you if you as the client want someone else, your friend, your family, your doctor, um, to be able to speak to your therapist, you have to let your therapist know and sign a consent, yep. a release of information, exactly. so that your therapist can speak to them and get ga- and gather information from them and disclose information to them. So um, I have had uh, clients, partners, boyfriend, girlfriend, mother, father, try to reach out to ask questions, mm-hmm. and if I do not have a signed permission slip from my client, no you are. Not getting that information. Yeah, and and we even cannot disclose that we're actually working with you. Yes, yeah. So if, like we said, I mean, and I don't know about New Jersey, Pennsylvania, the age of consent. I think it's 14. It's 14 in New Jersey. It's 14 in Pennsylvania. Right. So the age of consent, if you are under 14... You know, we are able to talk to your parents. Right. That doesn't mean that we're spilling the beans and saying everything and, you know, anything under the sun that you tell us. But if you are over the age of 14, you can actually consent to start therapy yourself. Mm -hmm. And we cannot say a word. So even if your parent, uh, again, unless we have a release of information, reaches out to us. Yep. We cannot answer unless you allow us to. Right. And if you are under 14, likely or said, Mm -hmm. we give very minor. Yep. Not super detailed information because mm-hmm. trust is still important no yes. matter how young you are. So yep. we want you, we want our clients to know they can always trust us with information, that we're not going to go back to their parents and say everything that little Johnny talked about <laughs> or how little Johnny hates you because mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. So we give very, you know, here's what we're working on, doing well. Yeah. I'll let you know if there's anything you need to know kind of thing. Exactly. Um, and then again, if you're above the age of 14, we need written consent to be able to disclose any information. And even when you do give us consent, we are still giving very minimal information. We're exactly. not telling everything that you say in session because mm-hmm. trust is foundational. Yeah. And I always, and I, I usually tell my clients what I'm about to say to, to whoever it is that I'm speaking to. I yes. say, you know, I'm going to be asking them about this or I'm going to be sharing yes, this with yes. that. I'm not going to be talking about that. Do you have anything that you feel uncomfortable with right, me even saying? don't want us to say. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It's mm-hmm. very important stuff. Yep. So why is there no improvement despite the therapist being understanding and caring? Yeah. So... Like we said before in Therapy 101, session one. (laughs) Part one. Part one. Yeah, (laughs) right. Part one. Is 80% of the work happens outside of therapy. That means that 
you have to practice those exercises outside of therapy, which is really, really hard. That's one part of it. Mm -hmm. Another part of it is maybe you don't need someone that's validating and listening. Maybe you need a challenge. Maybe you need somebody to hold you accountable, help you take actionable steps Mm -hmm. or uh, allow you to make that change, develop that growth. And somebody that's just kind of saying, you know, I I understand how you feel and that's so valid. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's all great for some people and for others, that's not going to do anything. Yeah. So I think, you know, validation is part of the healing process, but Mm -hmm. it's not the entire healing process. Um, So if that's not the style of a therapist that works for you, that's okay. I think that, you know, your therapist being understanding and caring is, I think, foundational as well. I think that's very important. And also you might want or need feedback. You you might need someone who's a little bit more direct, Mm -hmm. right? Someone who can challenge you a little bit to think outside the box or to try different things or um, to, you know, help you to see your role in things. So I think, you know, again, this kind of goes back to recognizing what you need in therapy. And sometimes you don't realize that right off the bat. Sometimes it's a couple months in where you're like, hey, I've really liked meeting with my therapist. However, I'm not really sure that this is helping me grow the way that I want to grow. Mm -hmm. Something, too, that I I, want to say as well is sometimes your therapist is not going to say what you want them to say or your therapist might hurt your feelings. Mm. And that happens. And that's happened to me where I said something that wasn't intended to be, you know, hurt somebody's feelings or or was totally off. Mm-hmm. And what's important is for you as the client to come to your therapist and say, hey, that actually didn't feel right, right. to me. That or hurt that, me. Yeah, that, that rubbed me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Or can, can you elaborate more on that? I didn't understand it. And it is then your therapist's job to say, I'm really sorry that 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 made you feel that way. Of course, that was never my intention. Here is what I meant. And if you're still like, okay, I understand what you meant, but that's not Mm -hmm. what it is. Hands up, you know, then your therapist needs to go at your pace. Yeah. I think the big thing here is that we have to recognize, I think everybody kind of needs to recognize across human communication, Mm -hmm. that intention does not negate impact. Exactly. So you might not have intended to hurt someone's feelings. However, you still did. Yeah. So what do you do with that? So if that happens as a therapist, that mm-hmm. we do that, we have to acknowledge, I hurt you. Yeah. And I understand that wasn't what I intended. However, I still did. So how can I repair that? Yeah. What can I repair. do? You know, what can I do to help to repair that? Mm-hmm. I recognize what I did now mm-hmm. and it was not conscious of me. Mm-hmm. So I need to do better. Right. We need to own up sometimes <laughs> all the time when we do make mistakes <laughs> yeah. or if we do say things that don't land the way that we hope that they land, because we also are human beings. So exactly. we're not always going to say the most perfect thing or, you know, mm-hmm. always profound. Have, <laughs> right. We're not always going to be super profound. Right. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we have to take ownership of that. And we're also the big thing about therapists. We model behavior. Exactly. Right. So we model boundary setting. Mm-hmm. We model effective communication. Right. Yeah. We model repairment, what it looks like when we need to repair something. And you can show clients, you can teach these, you know, the people in front of you, like, here's how you can do that. We're not perfect either. Mm-hmm. And we still need to work work on these things as well. Yeah. And it kind of can give them a little bit of a confidence boost. Like, hey, nobody is perfect. Exactly. And I love what you said about modeling. Hopefully, also talking about this with your therapist can help you 
outside of the therapy room, tell other people in your life, hey, that hurt my feelings or hey, that rubbed me. You know, that didn't land with me the way that maybe you intended it to. Mm -hmm. And that's the impact that is that it's having on me. And what not better to start this off with your therapist? Yeah, and exactly. I, I love, I I do not love when I hurt my client's feelings, but I love when a client feels comfortable enough to tell me, hey, Lior, you know, what, what was said last week? Oh, man, I don't know about that one. Yeah. Like, let's talk about it. I'm like, wow. Yeah. I was so, I'm, I literally say, wow. Yeah. I am so happy that yeah. you are bringing this up right now. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for this. Yeah. And that, again, models that behavior of, hey, it's okay. It mm-hmm. happens. And I mm-hmm. so appreciate because uh, what can happen, if not that, is a, a client will leave, yeah. right? Hey, yeah. they hurt my feelings. Yeah. Obviously, the trust is gone. The trust is gone. Yeah. If it's constant and your therapist is continuing to say something that like really rubs you the wrong way or mm-hmm. not listening to you or not, okay, maybe that's not the right therapist for mm-hmm. you. Yeah. But if it happens once in a blue moon and you know you guys have this good rapport and this happens, mm-hmm. talk about it. Yeah. Talk about it. Um, something that I always say to my clients, like a little caveat, is if I have like some kind of assessment or some kind of like um, something that I'm recognizing or, or noticing that I want to be able to like convey to my client, I might say something like, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. This is how I see it. That's another thing that's really important is that the mm-hmm. client recognizes that they are not there to please us. Yes. They're not there to say, oh, you're right. Yes, of course. Like, mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of clients do struggle with that. Like, right. I want my therapist to like me. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to say and agree with what they say when you might not really feel that way. Mm-hmm. I, I, <laughs> I'm laughing when you say I want my therapist to like me because it's also I'll have clients and I've done it myself to that will come in the next week. And they're like, you're going to be mad at me. And I'm like, why? Oh, yeah. I'm not mad at you. Yeah, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm just, yeah. I, I, I want, you know, I'm on this journey with you yeah. and I want the best for you and I want you to succeed and I want you to be the best version of, you know, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be so seamless and so easy right. and so magical. Right. Of course, you're going to have times where you're going to come in and you're going to be like, hey, Lior, I didn't do the homework assignment that you asked me to do. Oh, or, yeah. you know what? I didn't have time for that. Or I really don't like journaling. Or I don't. That's okay. We're not mad at you. We just say, all right, that didn't work. Yeah. Or let's talk about yeah, it. What happened? Yeah. What happened? Right. We're never right. mad. No, we're not mad. We just want to, we're just there for you and however you come in to us. And the thing that you're going to recognize is what you get out of therapy is what you put into therapy, yeah. right? So like if you, I always say to my clients, I'm not a lie detector. I'm not here mm. to decide if what you're telling me is the truth or not. I love that. I'm here to just help you with what you provide, like what you give here. What you give is what I'm going to work with, yeah. right? And so like you could come in and say anything under the sun and mm-hmm. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to choose to believe you and we're going to work through that. However, if you come in and you don't say all that is your truth mm-hmm. or all that is true to you and then you leave therapy and you're like, I don't think I'm growing or I don't think I'm changing, you have to recognize a lot of that, unfortunately, comes from you. Maybe mm-hmm. you're not bringing your authentic self yeah. into the session. and. I wonder too with, you know, when you're, when you're younger and I'm talking like, yeah, of course, like a a kid, a child, but even like 17, 16, like 
and your parents are sort of sort of requiring you to go to therapy mm. or even young 20s and your parents are requiring you yep. that's also really hard when you feel like you have to go or you're mandated yeah, to go to totally therapy totally different totally different experience yeah totally different experience yeah. and i think that that's when that trust and that rapport and that joining and allowing therapy to just be whatever it is that you need it to be in that moment even if it is to just vent yeah. or to talk about your week mm-hmm therapy is different for everybody and it's you might not experience change or growth but maybe you're just experiencing some release of emotion or some sort of anxiety or however it is that therapy can help you yeah exactly that's exactly right it's a totally different experience if you are mandated to go i used to work with mandated Mm. clients a very different experience not that you can't get something out of it i just think it's it's a barrier of resistance usually at first um versus like if you do choose to go and trying to remember if it's your choice why remember continue to remember mm-hmm. that that therapy is there to help you to the best of its ability and for you to come in and and yeah. be authentic and raw and real we are there and open and receptive and we want that for you exactly and i think a question that i get often is how do i get my partner to go to therapy or how do i get mm-hmm. my my parent to go to therapy or my you know yeah. and unfortunately if it is an adult. <laughs> well, not unfortunately, yeah. but if it is an adult, <laughs> yeah. you can't. Yeah. You really cannot force anybody to go to therapy. Yeah. And I think that like using that as like a, a mean thing to say to somebody like, oh, oh sounds like you need therapy or oh, like, it's whoa, part of the stigma. You, it's part of the stigma. You're crazy. You need therapy. Yeah. yeah. No. No, you don't. I mean, you might. Yeah. You might need it. You might. You could re- benefit you, from you, it. Yeah, you could benefit from it. Yeah. But it, it's really hard because yeah, I mean, it's seen as like there's something wrong with you. Right. You should go. Um, and what I try to tell people that are like, hey, my dad could really use it. My boyfriend could really use it. Whatever. Yeah. I I say use encouragement. Right? Yes, exactly. I wouldn't like even saying something like I encourage you to go. I think you could benefit. Yeah. I think we all could benefit. Right. Like saying something like that rather than you know coming at them with a pointed finger as we talked about mm-hmm. in one of our previous sessions and using this blaming language of like there's something wrong with you you need to go exactly and also if you're telling someone else to go to therapy you probably should too yeah i think that's an important thing a lot of people are quick to say you could use it you could use it and i'm like well have you ever tried it yeah (laughs) so like how do you know someone could utilize it if you've never really done it yourself or Mm -hmm. you know and that's when we say like therapy for everyone yeah (laughs) universal yeah exactly exactly and something and let's say you do go to therapy and you're recommending therapy to somebody else you can say wow my therapist really helped me discover this or I have a wounded attachment style and Mm. I'm anxiously attached and and they've really helped me feel more security or find a partner that helps with that emotion Mm -hmm. or that attachment style and then that person can say wow my my friend or my partner is getting a lot of help from therapy Maybe it's beneficial for me as well. Yeah, I think also, too, saying, like, imagine if, like, this is how I sometimes say, you know, to think about it. Like, if you're trying to encourage someone to go, you could say something Mm -hmm. like, imagine not feeling so sad. Wow, Imagine not feeling so angry. Mm -hmm. Imagine that your first response isn't to punch something. Yeah. Like, how amazing do you think that could feel for you? Right. Like open up the door of possibility for Mm -hmm. them. Imagine not feeling so anxious about going to a party with your friends. Imagine enjoying that party. (gasps) Right. Like that is, Mm -hmm. I think, allowing them to expand their mind to say, wow, 
that could feel amazing. <laughs> like I really would love to feel that way. Yeah. And be encouraging. It's an encouraging way to tell someone they could benefit from and therapy. I, exactly. And I think a lot of the times, or at least what I see in, in my clinical work is we feel that we're so alone in something and we're like, nobody else experiences this. And I know, you know, mm-hmm. and you're speaking to a therapist and nine out of 10 times I'm like, oh yeah, that's, oh yeah, that's pretty normal. That's pretty common. Oh, for sure. Or, I've, I felt like that too. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, you're not alone in this and not, not to <laughs> devalue their experience no, or, no, no. you know, yeah. take it away, but to just say like, and I, and I really think that social media, it, <sighs> especially TikTok, which I have a love-hate relationship Me with too. it. Me too. But especially TikTok, I'll, I'll see videos and it'll be something like really weird, like how you're holding a pencil or like how you're typing or how, how yeah. people respond, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I do that too. Yeah. I didn't know other people did that. Yeah. And it's it's just, I don't know, I feel like it's nice to kind of... Sometimes sometimes social media is tough because it, it can kind of over-pathologize yeah, oh, a little bit. Like, yes. You know, so take everything that you see on social media with a grain of salt. Go to your own therapist. Get your own assessment because I think a lot of what we see on social media, a lot mm-hmm. of people, mostly everyone can fit into a lot of these boxes. Yeah. So keeping that in mind, keeping an awareness of that. Yeah, exactly. I, I think more like if you put on your pants a certain way, like mm-hmm. that's funny and that's relatable and you yeah. can, you know, mm-hmm. but if if it's the, hey, here are five things, like put a finger down if you, and then at the end it's like you have, you know, anxiety. And it's oh, like, gosh. maybe, maybe yeah. you have anxiety. Maybe you don't. Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> oh, I did a highly sensitive person one, the put mm-hmm. a finger down thing. And I was like, yeah, this is a hundred percent me as if I, well, I mean, I already knew that information. Yeah. However, <laughs> I think a lot of people who, now the thing, let me backtrack. It is Social media can be great for spreading awareness. Yes. And I think it can be great for people to recognize, oh, I do do that. Let me get an assessment. Rather than just diagnosing yourself with something, exactly. go to a professional and get an assessment and say, this is what I recognize. Mm-hmm. I relate to a lot of these things. And is this me? Is this something that you know I fit into this box? Exactly. Right? So it's great because it does spread a lot of information. It does give a lot of signs and symptoms that a lot of people might not be aware mm-hmm. of. However... It can over pathologize. So keeping yep. that in mind in regards to social media. Exactly. Great disclaimer. Yeah. Okay. So next question. How do I tell my therapist after two years I need someone mm-hmm. new? How to quote unquote break up with your therapist? How do I know if my therapist isn't for me? <sighs> yeah. So breaking up with your therapist. Um, I actually, you know, there are a few clients of mine who before coming mm-hmm. to me have said, well, I haven't broken up with my therapist. My current one yet. Um, but I want to come and see you and I don't know how to do that. Yes. So this is definitely something that I think is hard for a lot of clients Mm -hmm. to do is to say, I really like my therapist. So it's two different stories, right? If you don't like your therapist and you want to leave them, maybe it feels a little bit easier Mm -hmm. versus if you do like them, but you think you've outgrown them. Yes. Just like you can outgrow friendships like we talked about in the friendship episode. Mm -hmm. Right. So what do you do from there? Right. I think if you're feeling like you've outgrown them, I can bet that your therapist probably will agree with you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Your therapist can pick up on these things. And two years is a long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Can you be with the same therapist for years and years and years? Yeah, absolutely. Can they be helpful and helpful and helpful? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you gain what you gain and you need a new perspective or maybe maybe a different type of therapy like we talked before. And so something that I always say, and look, we get it. Me and Maggie get it, and she has no idea what I'm about to say, but I'm sure she gets it. (laughs) I get it. I get it. (laughs) She gets it. We don't want you to ghost. Mm. And we understand that sometimes ghosting is 
the only thing that feels right for you in that yeah. moment. Yeah. And if that's what it is, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But you're entitled to sharing exactly why it is you're looking for a new therapist mm-hmm. or why you'd like to terminate or why you're ready to you know, end therapy. And that's a great. Have you ever been ghosted? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Oh my gosh. One yeah. actually hurt my feelings. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. does hurt our feelings. It, it's it's so sad because yeah. first of all, we're human beings and we're going to say, is it me? Did I say sure, something? Sure, yeah, yeah. Or it's like, oh man, like yeah. I'm, I I hope they're okay. Oh my gosh, if a client goes and sometimes I'm like, are they okay? Oh, that that's is exactly right. Yeah, scariest feeling for me. I'm yeah. like, what happened? And there's really nothing that you can do nothing. to ensure their safety. Exactly. Yeah. Nothing, especially if they're an adult. Yeah. If they're a kid, we can call the parents. Right, right, if right. Under under the age of fourteen. Right. If they're not, then we don't we don't know. Also, what if you had no fear of their safety. Yes, I exactly. Think like yeah, yeah, yeah. my client did I had no fears. It was just, you know, stopped scheduling and yeah. that was that. And yeah, so you definitely want to be able to have the conversation, but mm-hmm. if you really truly cannot, um, you don't have to appease us. That's yeah. okay if you need to go, you know. You can also just write us an email. Yes, um, you know, it doesn't need to be in person. An no. email, an email that I mean, one time with one of my therapists, I sent her an email before I came into therapy, and I said, "Hey, I think I'm ready to terminate. You yeah. know, I've done such great work with you, mm-hmm. and I just, you know, I don't need yep. it anymore. And you yep. know, whatever. That was so long ago, and I, I recognize that, and let's talk about it yep. in session, and then. My therapist was like, thank you so much for letting me know ahead mm-hmm. of time. We went into the first session. We knew what we were going to talk or Sorry, yep. into that last session. We knew what we were going to talk about. Yep. And that was so helpful. Yeah. And I've had the same conversation with clients around like going from weekly to biweekly mm-hmm. and going from biweekly to monthly. Some with a little more hesitancy, right? Because yeah. I think too, even from our end, we can say, I think it's time to terminate. Or we yeah. can say, I think it's time to step down to every other week or to once mm-hmm. a week. And sometimes clients will say, wait, I'm not ready. <laughs> right? I'm not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's a balance of us saying like, you know, okay, maybe not once a month. Let's do it. Let's do every other week and see how that feels. Right. Yeah. And then we'll see, you know, go from there. And you know, it's a it, it is a collaborative thing, you know, yeah. for the most part, because we work as a team. Exactly. Um, but like even my experience of after I had a baby, I mean, I've been seeing my therapist for years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but when after I had a baby, I really wanted to go to someone who specialized in postpartum care. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had told my therapist, hey, I really want to go to someone who specialize. This yeah. isn't what you specialize in. And that's fine. Yeah. And she was like, oh, my God, absolutely. I want that for you. Yeah. Right. So for the most part, ho- you know, hopefully I can say this across the board for all therapists. We want you to do what's best for you. So if you came to me and you said, I don't know, like I'm struggling within my marriage with infidelity. And I'm like, yeah. oh, man, that's not something I specialize in. I would say, like, do you want me to try to help you find a referral for a couples therapist, yes. you know, that specializes in extramarital affairs. I would love to help you because I don't want you to stay with me just for the sake of staying. I want yeah. you to get what you need out of therapy. Exactly. So how do you know if your therapist isn't for you mm. under that lens is if they're not looking out for you or they're making you feel really bad over and over again or they're not listening or they're not paying attention or you notice them being really distracted Mm. in your sessions or they're not holding good boundaries or they're being inappropriate (laughs) these are all really great reasons Mm -hmm. to know that this therapist is not for you and and to normalize this yeah like you're never you know you're not stuck in this relationship to normalize Mm, again like i i don't i think i said this in the very first uh, the part one of this is that you know you can 
for a lot of people, it's more than one therapist that they have to see before yeah. finding the one that fits, you know, and also recognizing that you change as the months go on, the years mm-hmm. go on, and you might need something new and different. And that's okay. Exactly. Right? That's okay. And I think relationships in general, we sometimes feel like we have to stay in relationships because of the length of time that we've yeah. been in them. The loyalty and the, we have. The loyalty and the idea of like, well, you know, I don't want to start over with mm-hmm. someone new. Uh, but recognizing like, you know, at what cost benefit? You know, if you're not benefiting anymore from this, then maybe starting new is your best bet. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So the next question is therapy uncovers issues, but doesn't seem to offer any solutions. Why is that? Oh, that's tough. So like we always say, your therapist needs to be objective Mm -hmm. and your therapist can also not tell you how to live your life. Yeah. The idea of advice is is really complex mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> when we think of it in the lens of therapy mm-hmm. because really if I'm coming in and I'm a client and I'm saying, should I break up with my boyfriend? Yeah. You're there. <laughs> Yes. No. (laughs) Because who knows what, you know, how does this impact you? It is your life. You're the one that is waking up in your body and going Mm -hmm. to sleep in your body and every day, all day in your body. Your therapist is not a know-it-all. Also, therapists are fallible. We make mistakes. We do not. I mean, we have our own stuff in Mm -hmm. our own personal lives. We do not know what is best for you. Right. All we can do is listen to you, understand what your needs are. Help you process through options. Right. Yes. Talk about what possible outcomes could be, yeah. what they could look like. Also recognizing we want you to be empowered mm-hmm. in making your own decisions and recognizing, oh, I can do this myself. Yeah. Right. And then if something doesn't work out, right, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people too, they want someone to tell them what to do. So they have someone to blame if ah, it doesn't work out. Yes. Right. But my therapist told me to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we want to kind of take away that ability for you to recognize that we all make our own decisions. We're mm-hmm. all responsible for those outcomes. And, you know, and something to process through, right? Like, we want you to be empowered in making your own decisions. And the thing about decision making is no one knows if they're making the right decision until they make the decision. And then you decide, oh, that worked out great. Cool. Or, oh, that didn't work out. What do I do now? Right? That's like life in in general. Mm -hmm. I always say it sounds like you have three doors. You have door A that says this, door B that's, mm-hmm. in the, you know, door C. What feels like the the best door to open? Yeah. It might not be all ABC choices, might not be amazing, fun, great choices, right. but it's really about what works best for you yeah. in, in this moment. I mean, in life, how many times have you been presented, Lior, with a decision and yeah. you're like, this is the absolute 100% best decision ever and that's the one I'm going to make? I mean, like never, <laughs> right? Most of the time we're like, well... I hope this works out. Yes. And it's so funny that you say that because I've recently been talking to my husband about this and we, we (laughs) identified that there are two types of anxiety people in making decisions. Mm -hmm. There's the person that is a very stressed at, you know, am I going to make this decision? Am I going to say this? Am I, or am I going to do this? And then they don't do it or Mm -hmm. they do it, but very hesitantly Mm -hmm. or, um, hesitantly. Is that a word with hesitancy? Hesitancy is a word. Yeah. All right, we're making new words today. <laughs> Great, um, but or uh, you know, person number two that has that has you know the anxiety, but is just like jumping in, and when they're in yeah. it, they're like, yeah. "Fudge, yeah, I'm in this," and I'm person number two. I don't know what kind of person you are. Um, probably a little bit of both. Oh, really? I'm probably a little bit of both. There are some things that I get, you know, 
really hesitant about. And I'm like, eh, maybe not. Like, you know, I think I said this in a previous episode that mm-hmm. my grandmother always told me when in doubt, don't. Yeah. And sometimes if I sense a lot of doubt, I don't, yeah. I just don't do it. Uh, but sometimes the doubt comes in and I decide we're not going to listen to the doubt today and we're going to do it anyway. Yeah. Um, Elise Myers, I don't know if you follow her on TikTok, yeah. um, but she's like super sweet and inspirational and, and yeah. all those things. And I, uh, one of her videos had said like, you know, people always ask me how I do things when I'm so scared or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she said, I just do them. I do things scared. Yes. And I think that that's me. I yeah. do things scared a lot. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, you know, so, you know, we're all kind of different in that regard, I think. Exactly. It's a challenge. Either way, it's a challenge. It, you know, it doesn't matter how you go about it, but everybody experiences that doubt. Mm-hmm. And it's about pushing through. And yeah. also if it's dangerous, that yeah. I mean, I don't do dangerous things. Right, right, right. I did jump out of a plane um, oh. with a parachute, obviously. I did skydiving. Oh, it was okay. not for me. All right. But, but you did it. And that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't <laughs> do it again. But <laughs> my sister did it, actually. Oh, really? She went skydiving. She loved it? Yeah. She's crazy. I, I loved yeah. it. But uh, my, my stomach didn't couldn't handle it. So to move on, yes. <laughs> can I ask my therapist about their life? Mm-hmm. I would say no. Yeah. I mean, it depends. I think it depends. Yeah. Because I do think that a lot of times, like, again, like, the client wants to see the therapist mm-hmm. as a human being. Yeah. And to know, like, like a lot of, so, like, I work with a lot of um, perinatal mental health you okay. know, yes. clients. And they want to know, like you know, did you have trouble conceiving? They want to know, you know, have you been through IVF? They want to know, do you have any children, right? Mm -hmm. Like what qualifies you to be able to help me with these things? And so, you know, that is where it's like, you know, it's up to my discretion whether or not I feel comfortable having those conversations. Mm -hmm. But I think for a lot of clients, that is where the foundation of trust is built. Exactly. I think if it's, it's more of like, how's your day? Or like, oh my gosh, do you also get into fights with your mom? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. it's more of those like really personal questions where sure. it doesn't, yeah. it honestly doesn't matter. Yeah. It, and th- you have 50 minutes. Those 50 yeah. minutes, they deserve to be just for you. Right, right. But like Maggie said, do therapists self-disclose? 100%. Yeah, uh, yeah. I when think appropriate. A, lot of, a lot of us do, yeah. Right. When appropriate. Because again, like you want them to know you can trust, you know, there's trust mm-hmm. here. We can have these conversations. Like, you know, if somebody asks, how was your holiday? It's okay to say, oh, yes. it was great. I ate a lot of turkey. You know, you can, <laughs> we're not, I think, I mean, I guess some therapists are, but we're not going to be like a blank slate. Like, exactly. why does that interest you about my yeah. Thanksgiving? <laughs> <laughs> like some therapists try to, you know, yeah, completely question. derail that mm-hmm. and say, I'm not going to answer any personal questions. And for some <laughs> clients, that's fine. And for some, they're like, I feel like I'm talking to a robot, Yeah. right? So, you know, again, it's up to you. But you can ask us questions. It's really going to be us that determines whether or not we think it's appropriate. Yes. Um, And sometimes I think for clients it could be they're trying to avoid Mm -hmm. talking about their own stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if I do find it as like a pattern for some clients, I might bring that up like – You've been asking me a lot of questions about me lately. Oh, yeah. You know, like, and and that's, I think, also lends to, like, our style, my style, I should say, a little bit more direct at times, right? Like, I don't mind calling some things out on the carpet, and I'm not going to be a jerk and be like, all you do is ask me questions about myself. (laughs) But I might say something like, I'm noticing this. I'm noticing you're asking me a lot of questions about myself lately. It's, uh, yes, and I fully agree with you, and I'm kind of laughing a little bit because whenever you, I don't know how you start sessions, Mm -hmm. I've always been told, do not start a session saying, hey, how are you? Mm-hmm. But it's also just yeah, rolls so off cool. the yeah. tongue. Yeah. And then my my clients will be polite and they'll say, I'm good. How are you? Yeah. And I, I free every time. It's so <laughs> funny to me. I don't know why. I'm like, 
uh, it's not about me. <laughs> um, I'm kidding. I don't respond like that. But I, in my head, I'm like, I'm good. Like, am I yeah. good? Yeah. What do I say? Right. You know, oh, I'm tired. Oh, my gosh. I'm tired. You know? Yeah. Uh, but like, oh, I always freeze and it's so funny. Yeah. I don't know why I do I it. I don't know. I feel like, hey, how are you is fine. It's just like it the is. beginning opener. That's, I mean, typically speaking, like, we might we might say, hey, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. It's good to see you. Like, yeah. you know, good to see you too. And then you you can go into your agenda. Like, yeah. you know, last session I know we were going to talk about X, Y, or Z. Did you still want to talk about that? You know, I just feel like the hey, how are you <laughs> isn't really how it's like starting. I feel like it's just like a pre, a pre-start to the start, if you know what I mean. Yes. And so another thing that really cracks me up about this whole hey, how are you thing yeah. is I'm not American. I was not born in America. I moved here at a pretty young yeah. age, but enough to... Yeah. Fun fact for anyone yeah. who didn't know. Yeah, fun fact um, to understand different cultures. And the hey, how are you is a very American thing. And there are like, if you guys didn't know, there's like parodies about this in, in many countries, European oh, no. countries, like any, a lot of countries make fun of this because the, you think, hey, how are you means somebody wants to know how you are. Yeah. But really the answer is just good. Yeah. And right, I know. My my family would always joke like, "What if like you know when you walk into a store and <laughs> someone's like, hey, how are you?' Like, and, my dog died. Yeah, and my yeah. uncle threw up on me. Yeah, I don't yeah. know <laughs> what. <laughs> but exactly, the first thing that came to my mind, my uncle threw up on me. You I okay? don't know. Do you want to talk about this? Um, exactly. But you know, we we talk, <laughs> we ask this question, and it really doesn't mean anything. So I, I think for me, it's like this like weird Ugh, like so true. I, I don't know like disconnection. Like my robotic brain is like, "Hi, how are you?" I know. And it's like, "Good, how are you?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, That's the problem. We shouldn't be asking that question just yeah. like so like lax, right? Yeah. Because it is like a very deep question, and we do yeah. feel so pressured to just say like, "I'm fine. How are you?" Yeah. How about like, hey, what's going on? Yeah. Hey, welcome to just the like, store. Hey, good afternoon. Yeah. Like, just like, why do we have to ask how someone is? Yeah. 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 Hey, how oh, are you? God, I know. Oh my gosh, thank you for asking. No one's ever. <laughs> like, oh my God. I know, I know, I know, I know. So, anyways, that's a little side note. Yeah. Okay. So, next question: Is it normal to avoid talking about things in therapy? I thought I should want to talk about all the things. Uh. Yeah, I guess it's normal. Yeah. The question is, what are we avoiding, Right, though? yes. Yeah, because, I mean, that's what the person said when they submitted this question. Is yeah. it normal to avoid avoid talking <laughs> about things in therapy? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it just depends. I think yeah. for a lot of people, we, we do typically, you know, a lot of us do have really hard things that mm-hmm. have happened in our life. And it is normal and natural to want to avoid talking about those things because they're really hard. Yeah. Um, but this kind of just goes back to time. And the ability to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, feel as though you really trust your therapist. Yeah. Um, if you find yourself continuously avoiding, mm-hmm. you can, again, this is what I say. So many people already have the answer. Yeah. They just don't realize that they have the answer. So yeah. I would say exactly that to my therapist. I'm avoiding talking about something with you. Mm-hmm. Call yourself out, right? Because yeah. this is the area of growth, of change. Like mm-hmm. this is the place to do it is in the, that therapy room. Yeah. I'm avoiding this. And allow your therapist to help help you navigate through that. Yeah, exactly. And, and not, they will. Oh, sorry. 
No. I'm cutting you off. No, no. <laughs> steamroll. <laughs> Listen to episode about friendships and steamrolling. Yeah. That is what Maggie's doing to me now. Steamrolling we were. <laughs> but you're right. I, I want to jump in because I, I fully agree with you. You got to talk about it. It always boils down to communication yeah. and why, what not better than to communicate it with yeah. your therapist. Right, exactly. And again, like I don't want you, if this is something that you find yourself doing in therapy is like avoiding talking about the thing, mm-hmm. um, there's nothing wrong with you. It just mm-hmm. means that it's hard. It's something yeah. that's really hard for you and that's okay. And to call yourself out, I'm avoiding this therapist and I don't know what to do or why I'm avoiding it or how I can get past it and allow your therapist to do their work. Exactly. And help you through that. Yeah. So the very, very last question Mm -hmm. is how long can you stay in therapy for? Yeah. As long as you want. (laughs) Forever. You ever see Spongebob? Yeah. Forever. Yeah. It's like 20 years later. (laughs) Wow. That was really good. Was it? Yeah. I'm impressed. (laughs) Got an accent. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. As long as it works for you, you could stay in therapy. Yep. As long as, as your therapist has space and their caseload and, yep. you know, you, you w- enjoy working together, yep. stay together. Yep. Or you want to try someone new, try someone new. I want to caveat with um, access and privilege as well because right. I think it is an expense for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, insurance, unfortunately, which is why a lot of therapists really battle with insurance. Yeah. They give you like 10 sessions or whatever. They mm. put a cap on how many you can, you know, go or attend. Yeah. Um, so if you have the resources, the ability, the privilege to continue therapy, continue it for as long as you see fit. Yeah. Um, if you do not, there are other options. I know that there's a great website, um, Open Path Collect. So we'll put all that resources resources. for you guys. Yeah. Um, So openpathcollective.org has uh, therapists that fit within your financial needs. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, long story short, like, yes, you can go for as long as you see fit, as As long long as feels beneficial to you. (laughs) Maggie is tired. (laughs) (laughs) Maggie woke up at 6 a.m. and I woke up at 9 a.m. I know. I don't want to talk about it. I was like up for three hours and I was like, hey, Lior, yeah. how you doing? And you're it's like, gonna... oh, my God, an hour later. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, I'm just opening my eyes. Uh, Must be nice. Yeah. No, no I, you just... know what? When <laughs> The holidays <laughs> drain me. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, okay. Yeah. So thank you all for being here, for listening, for tuning in. Yes. We will see you next week for session six. six? Crazy. Ooh, we love you guys. You guys have been the best. Speaking of support, you guys are what makes this real and what drives us and we have so much fun and we love each other Dude, but we love you guys even more we couldn't do these <laughs> sessions without you like you you all give us such amazing feedback when we put these question boxes up and yeah th- you gave us two sessions worth yeah. of content here yeah. for a session that i was like therapy one-on-one who gives a crap about that what are we going to talk about there was so much meat and potatoes here so oh, thank many. you all as always we want to hear your feedback mm-hmm. we want this to be collaborative between us and you and you know we're here for you and thank you for being here thank you so much guys see you next week see you next week love you bye if you'd like to be a part of our community ask us questions be involved laugh your tuchus off and enjoy some hand-drawn art don't hesitate to follow us on our socials both instagram and tiktok at the therapy gal for me, Lior, and at therapy with Maggie LPC for me, Maggie, and our shared Instagram at therapist out of office. Write a review, follow, subscribe, check us out on YouTube if you want to watch, listen to our podcast on most major platforms. We cannot extend our gratitude enough. Thank you all for being here and for being a part of this. We love you. <laughs>